Fire. You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And today you are joining us for the next installment of our sixth season here at The Well, Worthy of Honor, where we are highlighting awesome women in the Bible to learn all that we can from their stories. And as you know, for every episode this season, we will be joined by a different awesome woman who is currently at work building the kingdom of God. This week's guest is a wife of 11 years, in her own words, mother of madness. There's five boys, ages 10 to four, and a little foster girl for the last seven and a half months. Uh, she has a very unpredictable life led by the spirit and on good days embracing it. She ministers to the poor and marginalized through relation, relationship and hospitality and being ministered to by them through their unconditional love and servant heartedness. Current, her current mission and call is to bridge worlds so that we can all sit at the table of Christ together. And fun fact, she is Cuban and would pick rice and beans over just about any meal. Ladies and gentlemen, Amen. boys and girls, she bears and he bears Miss Jackie Wald. Jackie, how are you today? <laughs> Hello, doing well. I said, enjoying the silence. My madness has left the house and I'm on my own. Yeah, Je- shout out to Jeff, yeah. who's, who's, who's holding it down with the kids <laughs> so that we can record this. You have a plate of rice. Right, so you really in front of you? Is, is my question. And rice and beans. No, I didn't have I didn't even have rice and beans for dinner. Mm. That's, I really, that speaks tonight. to my that speaks to my heart, Jackie, because I'm Puerto Rican, so I grew up on rice and beans. So it's like yes. my favorite meal. <laughs> what about plantains? I love them. Mm. I'm with you. Eat together any day, me and you. Yes. Oh. So we gotta on our, our our massive podcast budget, we'll just fly you all out to Maryland, and we'll just we'll have rice and beans and plantains. <laughs> Cheap meal and delicious. There you go. We'll need all the money for the flights. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so we're so delighted that you're joining us. This is going to be really, really fun. Uh, we're still learning how to do the whole guest thing, uh, but it's going to be great. So let's get things started with our question of the week segment. If you'd like to submit a question for us to answer during this segment, you can email us at threeguysatthewell at gmail.com. That's the number three, then guys at the well, all one word and lowercase at gmail.com. Open with of like, this is the meal I'll take over anything else. I'm going to shift gears just a bit. Although I guess Eli, you're the only one that's left because Charles is also repping rice and beans. Um, so if you want to do favorite meal, great. But I want to hear if, so that we, obviously, this is a podcast, but if you were doing any other podcast, what would the theme be? Like, kind of, what would you talk about? Would you have guests? No guests? What would your podcast be? So we're kind of doing it here at The Well, and you can hear uh, more about it if you subscribe and become a patron uh, at, at the well forward slash patreon.com. But my Sugar Patreon, Charles. Okay. Have to. Have to. But I think what I I love, I could talk forever about movies um, and TV shows. I love discussing and analyzing um, any movie that I've seen or TV show with with people who want to do it with me. And we're doing that with Jesus in the movies. So it's taking two of my favorite things, movies and Jesus, and putting them together. So that's what my podcast would be about and kind of doing it. So it, I've got it made. My answer is easy. Uh, this this is the podcast. I have no other podcast. I that's do. a cop-out. 
That's Stop not, it. it was not, it's not a cop out. This is it. <laughs> That's fine. I don't want to be recording podcasts all the time. Ask me some other time. Oh, so instead of that, I'll do the meal thing. There you um, go. I would say an array of different chocolate desserts. Bro, come on. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so no. Jackie, so that you because you just met Eli moments ago. <laughs> Eli is allergic All right, to chocolate. That's fine. It's nothing serious, Jackie. Don't listen to them. They're gonna make I break out in like, you know, a little bit. This man lost the entire can you night. Still have it? He's yes. lost it because yes. it's delicious. And it's worth it. I don't ha- I don't eat mushrooms like that. That's not good because that'll close my throat up. But chocolate. No, no, no. That's fine. It's tasty and it's worth it. Death by chocolate. Always. And so. Death by chocolate. Yes. <laughs> concerning Jackie. You no. are concerning our guests. I know. I kind of am a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I have boys with like severe allergies. And yeah. so that's all I'm thinking. Like, where's the EpiPen? Right. Where is your EpiPen? Yeah. In my car, leave me alone. Is it is it up to date? Is it current? Yes, because Michelle recently, a, a mutual friend of ours, Jackie, was like, you need to make sure it's yeah. viable, you know? Because you're, chocolate chocolate <laughs> you're a chocolate eater. Because because you're a chocolate eater. It's not going to do that to me. It's not going to like break down my body. If you eat an anyway. entire meal of different chocolates, it will. It, maybe not. <laughs> Jackie looks so worried. We're going to move on now. I'm so sorry. I'm I know. I am a little stressed. I would say for me, podcasts, I love hearing, I love interview podcasts where people are talking about something they're passionate about. Um, maybe not geared so much on like a specific theme, but just like you're on the mic and I want to know who you are. And I think you just get such fascinating. I mean, you see how much like we're connected just as people, how we're similar but just how different brains and interests like go down these paths. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, oh, it's, I'm glad my wife isn't here because she would laugh at me. I listen to a lot of pro wrestling podcasts. So what I would, Jack, Jackie, don't, don't shake, don't do that you to me. So disappointed. You can only be disappointed in Eli this episode. I this can't go to me. my invitation to have you move here. No, like, oh, Jackie. God, it's horrible. No, Jackie. Jackie, okay, but you haven't listened to my podcast idea, the right? Because this turned. How do you feel? Oh my God. Eli, Eli. I'm so glad that you did this instead. No, I I probably would never do a wrestling one, but Jackie, here's the thing though. I'm glad you said that. Because my podcast would be a wrestling apologetics podcast because a lot of people don't like pro wrestling for reasons that I don't get but i'm gonna seek to understand it and then explain pro wrestling when it's done well in a way that will make people want to watch it no jackie i'm telling you you could pay people to listen when you're talking about like pro wrestling is that like the the stuff where like they're pretending and they're like throwing tables yes well they don't throw they do throw some tables jackie you're gonna you're gonna love this podcast you're gonna love this imaginary podcast i'm doing (laughs) Oh my goodness. So Charles, you're the only one who hasn't disappointed Jackie yet. So you gotta you gotta hold it together for the rest of this episode. Rice and beans. Rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> like rice and beans holding up strong. Even Eli and I are just heathens. <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Let's get to scripture before we disappoint her even more. Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> 
if you listen to the backlog of these podcasts, you'll probably find many things that are like, what? What are they even? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, that's our question of the week segment. Uh, if you want to want us to disappoint you further, just keep listening. Keep listening to our podcast week to week, and I'm sure we'll we'll make we'll make some more enemies. Oh man! But to get serious, so we we're doing this podcast um, really to highlight, just like we said in the intro, the stories of scripture, right? And so one of the theme verses for this season is all scripture is some Second Timothy three. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we, as three friends, um, want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We also want uh, our listenership to, through listening to this podcast, also be thoroughly equipped for the work of God and the kingdom of God on earth. And so, that is built from this verse on the idea that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for these things. And so we get a real kick out of finding the things in scripture that are often like overlooked or not thought a ton about because they hold such immense truth and such great um, insight into the human condition, into who God is today. Um, and so we, in a part of, in as doing that, our very own, bougie and chocolate addicted Eli identify that, you know, as men, we, in coming to scripture in a particular way, have a lot of privilege in that so many stories are written about the successes and failures of men. And so it's easy for us to see ourselves in ways that we want to see ourselves and in ways that we don't want to see ourselves. Um, but how that's not something that is as easy to come by for women who are growing in their faith and seeking the Lord. So he came with this idea over a year ago of kind of putting the season together to highlight those stories and to think about things in a way that we otherwise wouldn't be naturally inclined to, or wouldn't um, maybe, will maybe kind of pass over otherwise. Um, and in particular, how it is we, we, connect and adapt what we hear from scripture into ministry, but also, also specifically women's ministry. I could, so speaking of spoke soapboxes, I can get on my soapbox about how I often think that men are misunderstood in ministry. And I know that it doesn't hold a candle to to in ways that women's ministry is often botched or misunderstood. And so before we get into Mary and Martha, because we are getting there, um, Jackie, we wanted to ask you in your experience, what aspects of Christians, Christian womanhood, womanhood or ministry um, aren't seen well or understood. When I was thinking about this, what came to mind was the word helpmate. Just understanding what what that really means. I think it it's confusing, especially when we are working with um, when you're working with men. It seems to still be like you aren't working on equal footing. And then, what does it mean when you're working together to still be submissive and to have a manly, like, what does it mean to be a helpmate and how to better? I, so I just think that that's something that like, isn't talked about or explored enough. I feel like we can say the same things over and over, um, but not like dive deeper into asking the questions. Like how has this, this teaching impacted you? What does it look like in our particular setting of ministry? Um, are we listening to each other? Are we, yeah. what? as a woman, what does it mean to be a help me and not have to lead in the way that a man does and yet still have a voice? 
So that's super interesting. So like as a mother of madness and a wife of 11 years, what have been some things that you've either like resources you found helpful or like perspectives that you found helpful in uh, leading alongside your husband as your family like engages with, with the world? Yeah, I think something that's been really helpful is ultimately saying the gift of being, um, of the word being like submissive is that I get to rest on Jeff. Like ultimately we have these discussions, we have things that we might be wrestling with. And I can say like, I need you to carry the weight. Like, here's my strong opinion. Here's, here's the heart of the family. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm seeing, but I'm going to lay it all on the table and allow you to make that decision and how freeing that's, that's been and how healthy that's been in our marriage. Um, but I realized that why that works so well is because we have a relationship where there's real trust. And I see where I hesitate to do that um, in ministry when I'm working with someone or in a relationship with someone, um, a man, for instance, who I don't have that relationship of trust. And so I've just seen like, oh, that's what makes all the difference is I gladly will trust you with, with what I see, like what my heart feels, like what I've encountered um, to lead charge. But if I don't feel like I am being heard or I don't trust that um, you're open to that or the spirit, then it's so hard to let go. And so I think that that's so key when you're working together in ministry to first and foremost, obviously, you know, come before God, but really to to build that trust so that you work, you know, you can lean on each other and not have those moments of disagreement just be the end all. <laughs> have there been ways like in a, I think it's a really great like nuanced point about like, yeah, it's trust, but like, obviously trust with your spouse is way different than you know even within the body of christ there's a very like big drop off of like oh, i trust you as my husband as my wife versus i trust you as just someone who like yeah maybe is a very good friend or someone who's like heart for the lord i can see but it's a bit different when you're kind of giving that level of trust of being able to rest in someone like that i also i that stuck out to me from that what have been I hope I hope there have been, but what have been some times in ministry in those contexts where I guess examples of that trust being built well, like again, not to the level of of Jeff, but where it's like this is someone who I'm just united in mission with, and I know I can rest or trust in their vision, even if it's a bit different from mine. Yeah, so I think for one, it's just friendship. Like having a friendship with someone is is huge. And it goes a long way, I think, as as you, as you build a relationship, right, there's that trust component just naturally. Um, but then, like, recently, we just had, we were making this big decision, and it recently came um, to this leader, this male leader, and I, Jeff had worked with him and proposed some things, and I was like, hey, I think this stuff is missing, and the male leader, um, I just reached out to him, and I had done this before, and not receive response. It was just like, went back to Jeff. And this male leader called me and was like, hey, you know, fill in the gaps. I want to hear from you. So I felt heard. And then um, he disagreed, which was great because he said, look, this isn't about, like, this isn't personal, but I've taken this to prayer. I've now heard you. Um, I took it back to prayer because I want to be on, I want to be united in this, but I have to come back and tell you that I disagree. And I, I just felt so loved and like led as well so well and I think it was we we have history of friendship and then he took the time to to listen um and then he said yeah I brought it to prayer and 
he's he's in that authority. He's he's the leader of this. And so I can rest in that. Like I did my part. I'm curious, Jackie. Um, what have been like as as the helpmate that you that you've been speaking about, how does leadership in your experience, like what does that look like? And where do you feel most or how do you feel or experience empowerment to be a leader that glorifies God as a woman? I think what sticks out to me, again, is maybe like the heart, the intuition, like being able, Jeff and I can be at the same meeting, you know, and I leave and I'm like, what was up with whatever? And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, nothing was directly Mm -hmm. said, so he didn't pick on it. And um, I think the heart of a mother um, and the gift, and I think this is for all women, it doesn't, you don't have to have biological children, but just um, the Lord has given us a sensitivity to the other that is unique. And so I think just being able to voice the, the heart of, of others and um, communicate that. And so, again, I think it's not not necessarily to lead, as we'll lead um, equal parallel to each other um, and that I'm up front or whatever. But I think to just work as a team, man and woman, is really helpful and that the woman as a helpmate can see a situation um that's about the personhood i think can communicate it communicate the soul the heart in a way that um, a man might see more objectively you know this is what they said and (laughs) this is what was this is what i heard everyone came and that's great you know um and i think based on that you have a, a more a fuller picture and again if i'm just going off like my intuition what i think or backstory um and he reminds me then like well this is what actually happened i think we we draw a much fuller and more accurate picture to better love each other and love those who we're we're serving that's it's just like a deepened perspective and just kind of this like neither perspective um is wrong but together they're both more complete and like kind of this i wherever in the way that God reflects part of his personality through men and the way he reflects part of his personality through him. And it's kind of like, yeah, there's certain things that we'll pick up on differently. And one doesn't like trump the other. They're both like working in tangent to get a more full picture of people and situations and what it means to be Jesus' hands and feet on the earth. That's, yeah, write that down. I was taking a lot of notes during this section of the the episodes. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Charles, do you have any questions? I just wanted to say you made a lot of sense when you're talking, Jackie, just because my in my own marriage and experience of what my wife Chelsea brings in conversations and the perspective that she has, she's very empathetic. So while you were talking, I was like, yep, that's that's my experience and my experience of I would have a very incomplete picture of some things if I disregarded what Chelsea brought to the table. And I don't want that. I, I need her perspective on for anything from what our children are going through to how we're engaging as a couple. Um, so that made a lot of sense to me and, and just in my own marriage and my own experience and perspective. And I think that this is too where I just see the beauty of, of the church, the diversity, like if we do do that well, um, and it's, you know, it's in ministry, it's in um, the work field, but all these personalities, all these different perspectives, like if we can freely share with each other and draw up a better picture um, I think that that is why the Lord created us so different. It's to to better encompass all that he sees and all that he is. 
And so instead of that desire to rebel and say like, we all need to be the same. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I just have seen how much better in that diversity we complement um, truth and we can draw out that truth when we're able to have a voice and share those perspectives. Amen. Well said. I, I love the practical point as well of like talking about issues or disagreements directly. Um, like not me personally, obviously, but I've, I've spoken to several friends uh, who are women who have talked about being in situations where they just felt like brother X's wife because there was something that needed to be discussed, discussed. And it was like, oh, I'll talk to your husband. And then that got relayed that way. And it's like, well, I was talking to you about this thing. So I absolutely, I think that um, that's a very practical way to get to what you just talked about. Like, yeah, there's a lot of diversity in the church. And to do that, we need to lead in a diverse way um, and honor the way that the Lord reveals himself through each of us so that we can, yeah, can have a bigger view of the whole. And I think to recognize like how new that is, I think that for so long in the Christian realm, we did do things that looked this way, you know, it was like men speak to men and men are the only ones that speak aloud and that there was really cultural. And so it's going to take time where it, it looks different. And so I think for, for us as women um, to continue to fight isn't hard, but yeah, fight to have a voice, but also be patient and merciful that we're set up in these systems that don't operate that way. It is like, you know, this, when, this time where I called and I was like, Hey, I have something to say. And I get an email, I'll talk to your husband. It's like, ah, um, but in, in that moment, like where, okay, Lord, where are you challenging me? And it's mercy at the, and patience. Um, and so it is, it, I, I just think it's been this way for so long and to continue to, um, to poke at that but not to lose faith, like throwing away whole institutions because we aren't there yet. But I think if we continue to do it, we can do it better. And so like a message of hope too. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Like I, I'm, I'm loving these segments. I'm learning a lot. Just yeah. Enjoying the conversation. That's wonderful. Are we ready to get into Mary and Martha, everybody feeling good? Okay. So this week's passage is about two sisters, Mary and Martha, and it comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. If you have your Bibles and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. Two sisters are just minding their own business when they hear that Jesus of Nazareth, yes, the Jesus of Nazareth, is in town. They drop everything, decide to invite him over, and rush to make preparations for his arrival. Well, at least one of them does. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Gentlemen and lady, what can we learn from the story of Mary and Martha? I love this because I feel like it has been preached about so poorly 
so often. Um, I feel like Martha is just like thrown under the bus and what you think is like, I need to change my life and I need to just sit down, have more silence, have more, have more literal Jesus. Um, and so it just has always felt discouraging to me, I think, from the get-go. Um, and it's, I, so we did this scripture study with a group of women and it was so good. I felt so refreshing um, because the words highlighted and they popped out while I was praying with this again were what Martha was, was distracted, worried, and troubled. And that's where there was fault. And so what I was just brought to again in hope, it is like, am I following the call of the Lord? Am I following the Holy Spirit's voice? Or am I distracted, worried, and troubled? And what Mary did was follow the voice of Christ. She sat at his feet. And so it wasn't about the, the physical doings, um, which is what I think I had heard a lot of preaching on. Um, and so again, discouraging, because I was like, oh, I am a, a person of action um, and conflicted. And so a great, great reminder that what I need to do is come to Christ. Um, and sometimes that is, and a lot of times that is, especially in my life, through action. But it are those three things, you know, a part of that? Am I distracted? Am I worried? Am I troubled? Is it about me or is it about Christ? I think, uh, Jackie, you put word, you put different words as something that I, uh, that it can't struck out to me in, in that I, I wrote that sometimes we, and certainly I, <laughs> but I feel like it's a, it's a temptation often for Christians to make an idol of, of doing things, um, whether it's for the Lord or being preoccupied. And that brings that anxiety and that distraction. So I like that perspective that you, that paradigm shift of like the distraction, the worry and the anxiety, taking that and, and that supplant, supplanting time with the Lord. Um, Cause I know for myself um, and something the Lord has been recently speaking to me about is I can be those things uh, with everything that's on my plate. Um, and all that is on my plate is good. And I feel like it's called, it's from the Lord and it's service. But if I get distracted from the Lord, if I am anxious about these things, when it's very clear and in scripture God says, do not be anxious about anything. Uh, that's the, that's where, that's where the wrong is. And that's where, um, the example of, of, of Mary is, is much better. So I really appreciate that perspective, that paradigm that you, you brought uh, to this passage. Um, so I, I actually resonate really hardcore with Martha um, in this. Uh, there's a few things that I actually really love about uh, what's explained about her character. I think the first thing that it really caught my eye was uh, Martha opened her home, so it was her home. She was actually in a position of, um, there was a great amount of authority that she had over her siblings because they were staying with her, and then she welcomed Jesus in. So there's uh, this really wonderful relationship that's already begun. And what sort of cements the relationship between Martha and Jesus is the familiarity with which she speaks to him, right? Like there is in verse 40 where she like asks him, do you even care? <laughs> Do you, are you even bothered by the fact that she's just chilling, um, that Mary's just kind of chilling? And then, like... See, this is why I, like, would get so mad. I was like, I love Martha! Okay? <laughs> she's real! Who else opened the 
door. (laughs) Right. But then she also like at the end of verse 40 was like, tell her like she commanded Jesus even. And like, how many times do we have prayer times where we're like, God, do you care? Do something. (laughs) And like, I just, I don't know. I'm falling. And, And to your point of like, like, working through action or like responding to God through action or just being such a doer, right, uh, Jackie? There's, I think I'm, I resonate with your point because I think I'm currently getting out of the trap, especially if the past year and a half, currently getting out of the trap where I fell into like overfilling my schedule and wondering why that wasn't giving me any peace. Um, And it turns out that I was measuring my own worth based on what I was capable of fixing or rearranging in my life rather than celebrating uh, what God had already fixed and restored, which was me to himself. And I don't think that that's always going to be the case in my discipleship where it's like sit before, like sometimes God, like oftentimes God will call us to action. So action, as you pointed out earlier, is like not this inherently wrong thing, right? Um, But there's a lot of rest and peace that God calls us to. And I think particularly when he was like, physically here face to face there was so much rest that he had for us and he's like she chose the better portion she's she's i'm i'm here like i i am it as jarell says and and i'm here with you so be with me um you've already welcomed me in you might as well relax with me (laughs) um and i forget that like there's a ton of joy to be had in the Lord. And I oftentimes am like, I am, I'm tempted to just like check off boxes that I've arranged for myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much with, with both of you on the, want to dispel the the shade that Martha gets in this passage very often. It's because it's one of those things where there are certain characters in the Bible in the context in which we meet them, in which something happens and there's often rebuke attributed to them that really isn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus doesn't really rebuke Martha here. He just acknowledges where she is Mm -hmm. in a way that only Jesus can, as you said, Eli, based on, like, the familiarity she had with him to be like, um, you're going to tell Mary to help out with any of this? Like, Jesus doesn't rebuke her for being concerned about those things. But like you said, Eli, he just says, I am the better part. And, you know, I've been going, like, similar to Eli, I've been going through my own, like, process of recently realizing how much I put on my own plate and identifying why that is and sometimes it's feeling like well if i'm not working this much am i being responsible which then shows that like my peace is elsewhere my peace is in like okay am i uh hustling enough to have a like not just have a certain income but to provide for like specific needs am i like doing enough and i don't actually give myself space to rest in the lord's provision and so I very much identify with Martha now where she's kind of seeing, well, there's stuff that needs to be done. Um, But I love that like Jesus doesn't say it's bad that you did this. He's just saying there's more there. Like it's kind of, we say, we've never actually studied Thomas, but we talk about Thomas in passing on this this podcast a lot. And because he often gets the Martha treatment where something happened with Thomas that wasn't, Thomas wasn't wrong. And Jesus acknowledges him exactly where he is in ways that only Jesus can. But because it isn't like what we internalize as more faithful in air quotes, like we see it as like, oh, well, he's doubting Thomas. Like, no, he's honest, Thomas. And he like brought who he was to the Lord at a time of doubt. And Jesus was like, 
I'm going to show you what you need to see because I want you to like be confident in what just happened here with Martha. Like he doesn't say, uh, what, what are you worried about? Like, let's, let's just kind of take it easy. He's kind of like, I see that you are troubled about things. I want you to choose the better part. Um, it speaks to another part in the gospels, gospels where Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Um, it's not an invitation to do nothing. Um, but it's an invitation to rest in what has already been done. And that's how I see this conversation between Martha and Jesus as an invitation more than a rebuke. Um, because on the other side, I think sometimes we can find ourselves being a bit too much like Mary, right? Like a friend of mine was giving, was doing a sharing on the passage in Acts where Jesus ascends and the disciples are just kind of like looking up at the sky and someone has to say, what are you doing? Like, because like this was like days before Pentecost and before the church would expand and disperse across the earth in um, um, like record amounts. And so like there was he his takeaway on that was, yeah, sometimes we need to recognize when so, we're not having our uh, figurative speech, having our head in the clouds. And it's like, yeah, we should enjoy Jesus intimately and personally. But he also calls us to a mission field and he also calls us to. Uh, love those on the outskirts of society and go to those places. He also calls us to advocate for justice. And that requires having a relationship with Jesus that's honest and vulnerable and personal, where you can get lost with your head in the clouds, with, with spending time with him, but for the, for the purpose of enjoying that, but also being faithful to the work that he's called us to. And so on both ends, I think I'm often identified with, with Martha as we, recognize before the podcast I, I might be type a Jarrell. we finally have a nickname um you know going back to the diversity piece and like yeah I think you you needed in that situation probably both Mary and Martha the issue again was what what were their disposition because it could have been that Mary is sitting there oftentimes like I am at church and so distracted you know or consumed with my worries or my children and the Lord is saying so here's your your physical disposition, right? You're, you're here before me, you might be kneeling, you're still sitting in the church, all these things, but where's your heart? And so, again, I think like that's where the preachings that have bothered me, I was like focused so much on um, the exterior, but I think what the Lord like cut through was was that interior, like what, what was going on in Martha? You know, because it could have been Mary that was distracted and worried and whatnot, but sitting at his feet. And the beauty of that diversity, like, what are we called to? And I think that's what I love, too, about this particular passage, to say that we, at the same time, before the same person, we could be asked two completely different things, you know, um, and be faithful to that. And it might look completely different. And it, that's hard sometimes. Like, it's hard to see somebody resting when you're called to work. Um, but am I doing it for you, Lord? Is it, is it for your glory? Is it for your call? Um, is this what you've asked of me? And then I'm being faithful. And so again, it's like, well, I, I think for me, because of the, what the Lord has asked of me and my family and our mission, um, this just really speaks like, I, I'm not called to be looking at the Mary, you know, there's an invitation there, um, for sure in seasons, but it's also a good reminder that the fault isn't in the other, it's in me. You know, when I'm distracted, when I'm worried, when I'm looking outside of myself, I'm worried about what they're doing. Um, and that's really where, what, again, while I was praying through this, what the Lord had for me, what I want to do is cut, cut straight to you. It's not, 
in the work that you're doing, um, the mission that I've called you to, who is it for, right? And it doesn't mean stop, but dig deeper, you know? And if it isn't for me, then then what's the point? That's, uh, I'm gonna, I can't wait to re-listen to this. We like record all these things and I, I constantly am like re-listening to things and there's notes I haven't caught, things I haven't jotted down. I'm furiously typing whenever I <laughs> mute myself, but like, so you mentioned a few things and I'm trying to sew things together in my mind. Um, first you mentioned like um you being trained or women being trained um in like mercy and patience and forgiveness as the church transitions or continually grows out of um not necessarily a phase it's not like it's brief but just a, a status quo where women quite frankly have not been um encouraged um to uh, be as complimentary in the mission field as God has designed them to be. Um, you've spoken about um, Martha being uh, this distracted and very worried and very concerned with other things. And I, I'm, I'm, as we go through this season, I'm, in order to help myself work through this material, I'm reading a, a, a devotional um, called Women of the Bible. It's by uh, Ann Spangler and Jean Siswerda. Um, and I'm, one of the points that they bring up, um, is this notion of quote unquote women's work that Martha was physically, her heart was concerned with women's work. This, this, this tied to the home, to tending to guests, to serving in that particular way. And then Mary is serving in a, in a beautiful God glorifying and in a different kind of way. They're both serving. Um, and so I was that to me came together in, in a question I want to ask you. It's, have you ever uh, had to deal with having a gifting that uh, put you at odds with or was seen as atypical for the assumptions that come along with being a Christian woman? Um, have you yourself had a gifting um, that seemed to like rustle feathers when you saw like Mary just in a different, taking on a different posture of work? Or have you ministered to someone who's like, oh, I see, I see this really good thing that God's putting in you, growing in you, but there might be some resistance from uh, the community that's just not familiar with how to foster this. All the time. Yeah. No. Um, I think the Lord for, I think two of the gifts that really the Lord um, has given me and asked of me have been um, just to be a pioneer in, in certain respects. And I think with that, what happens is something doesn't currently exist. The Lord is asking me um, to put, to work on something, to do something, to live in a certain way. And just in doing it, people feel judged. Um, like you are now um, saying that what we're doing isn't enough or this isn't right. And um, I, so I, there's been a lot of loneliness in that. Um, but it's been so good in that I think, especially with women and being being able to share vulnerably, they've said like it just it challenges me in a way that's hard. It makes me feel insecure. It um, it makes me feel like our family isn't doing it the right way, and if we're not doing it like the walls, blah 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 blah. And so it's brought out, I think really honest and good conversations. And then I've had to grow and say, I have a temptation to want the sameness. I want 
us all like I want my friends to do what I'm doing right yeah. so we can all do this together yeah. um and that comes off as again judgmental and whatnot so I think because the Lord isn't calling us all to be Martha's in the same way or in a particular scene to do the same things so I've had to grow and I think that's where um and and trusting that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and trusting that we're all seeking him out. So I think, yeah, to pioneer things um, in and of itself, that work has been a challenge. Um, and then I think, honestly, just being Hispanic, um, I think we just operate different and I'm in the Midwest and um, our culture is really different. And our, we are, I don't know, I was raised in a home where women and men were just, talking loudly to each other back and forth and interrupting each other. And here it has been seen instead as it can be seen as disrespectful or overly emotional or too passionate. Um, and then that just is really unattractive. So even in that saying like within this particular culture, there are things I have to hone in so that my voice is heard um, and not just say like, well, this is who I am and take it or leave it because the work doesn't get done. So I think those are two things, which it's, it, again, so good because you end up relying on, you have to rely on God and grace um, and not just, you know, well, I'm doing your work, God. And so I thought it would all be easy and perfect and peaceful. Okay, I have another question. I'm sorry. I don't want to take up everybody's time. And I know you want to, <laughs> what you just said was really. I don't want to go back to putting the kids to bed, so. <laughs> Even okay. if we're done, I'm hanging out here. <laughs> just, just, just got him. Just got him. We're, 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 we're hanging out. Me on the door. I'm like, <laughs> this, this episode is sponsored by Jeff. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you just said was super countercultural, like particularly to today's uh, rhetoric that is um, be who you are every minute of the day and don't edit yourself for anybody. And that's one of the sentiments that's it's fought against. And so how do you, like you talked about your own, like your own heritage, your own culture, the, the things that you grew up, you, which you were well acquainted with. So how do you balance like what parts of myself do I still acknowledge, respect and rejoice in, but edit so that maybe edit's the wrong word. Um, what fill in the blank with the correct word, <laughs> um, but like sort of um, temper so that a relationship can work? Like, how do you navigate that? I think one, it's to recognize that I am a sinner. Um, it's easy to just be like, well, I have this call. And so I know how to do that, right? Like, and, or this is my gift. And so I'm going to charge forward and this is who I am. But to recognize like that, even though the Lord has given me the desire and the gift, I'm still the one that's doing it. So there's going to be sin in it. And there is, I, I am going to judge others and I am going to lack and I am going to be impatient and I'm going to be selfish. So I, I think often having to start there and saying, where in this situation am I actually not just like, it isn't just a cultural thing. I want to hide behind that, but it's my own sin. Um, so calling that out within myself or having a husband who does it for me uh, lets me know. Um, but then I think culturally, I've seen how I can, I can navigate it and not have it navigate me that makes sense. So I, I am not where I see there are a lot of women who I think would have amazing voices and things to say and share, but they're not going to have the confidence. And I think because they haven't had the practice, they haven't had the opportunity, they haven't had 
yeah, in my culture, it just was different. And so to, when I am given that opportunity um, to use it, that courage to use that voice, but not have it again, rule me where I just step in a room and say, hey, this is who I am, take it or can't leave it. And I'm just gonna let you know. But when there is an invitation to speak, to do so, um, and, and I think I can do that without the fear again. I'm really grateful because of my upbringing and the opportunities that I had. Um, and then I think in the way that I say things, I can be more straightforward. I feel like, I mean, the first thing I hear when I step off a plane when I'm home in Miami is like how fat or thin I am, you know? You like, it's just, they're gonna tell you, you know, like, hey, you gained 20 pounds and you stop feeding Jeff and you're like, hi, nice to see you. What? Uh, and so recognize- Hey, it's been like, months, it's good to see you. Oh, um, cut the carbs. That's my grandma's go-to line for me. Um, but I, I just think like, because of that too, like I'm, I have a different shell, right? Like I'm just not going to be as sensitive and I am, I'm able to be more straightforward. And um, so it doesn't always have to be either this like caricature of what a Hispanic woman is, right? Like, um, but I can see the strengths of my culture. And then when I'm given the opportunity to really be bold in, and I, and it just reminds me of um, Esther, like, the beautiful, beautiful example, which was, she was, she was ready, you know, and then when given the opportunity, and I, and I think the Lord has opened up a lot of doors and avenues for me, prepared me, and being born into my culture and my heritage, um, with a, in, in a particular family to then move to the Midwest, and then use it. Thank you. I promise this is the last question, then I will close us. Um, yeah, you like we, I've known you for like a, a couple months now, and I've like got to know a bit about like the work that you're doing um, in Minnesota and the uh, amazing witness that your family is, and just even hearing you more speak now about embracing what it means to be um, a pioneer in regards to women being more complimentary, com complimentary in the church, um, in leadership, and what that means specifically being a Hispanic woman, and what that means is I'm, I'd imagine being a Hispanic woman who um, is also fostering kids and like knows to, is acquainted with brokenness and reality that often the church hides itself from. Like you kind of lead the way in a lot of things in your community, and that's I know from conversations with you is is like you said lonely work sometimes and exhausting work, and as you just articulated so well to Eli of like. Yeah, it's knowing who I am, but not being so much of who I am that it's like something that causes people to stumble or even if it's not wrong, even if you being you isn't wrong, like that's so exhausting. And like so, so much emotional work and putting yourself out there and like kind of the the Martha of like what it is to be Jackie Wald. So what, I'm curious, what is, what helps you to enter into merry moments where it's like this is all the stuff that I'm doing and it is good God honoring uh work that dignifies and justifies like who God is on the earth today um but when that's not when you're kind of taking a reprieve from that what does it look like for you or what kind of helps you enter into a space where it's like okay I can just sit at the feet of Jesus now like what does that look like for you 
That is so good and merciful to me because I think it's, it really is a weakness of mine. I mean, I have this mantra in my head that it's constantly saying it's okay to be uncomfortable and it's okay to be tired, you know? So I feel those things constantly throughout the day and then that pops in, right? Like, check yourself. This is okay. <laughs> you live in the first world country. Um, but the Lord has, I mean, I, I just, I could even look back on a, on a, any given day or week how he carves the time it feels like for me, where I might even have said yes to too many things. Um, I mean, I can tell you all my day today and, and you would know that this is something that I, and I tell the Lord, like, it's, it's my struggle, right? Like, and it's my weakness and this is where my sin comes into play. Um, but then he sets knowing that and loving me so well, he carves it out for me. Um, there's something that is planned in the evening that ends super early, or I wake up at five, um, every day to have my quiet time. And then we got this foster daughter who wakes up at five every day. Um, and, you know, it just, it, sometimes I think when I try to control it too much, even that area, it feels not only suffocating, it's just so overwhelming. Like I can't find the silence. I can't find the quiet. Cause I mean, God forbid you sit down, you're going to have a child on your lap. You know, it just, it, that is my reality. So giving that to the Lord, um, and just seeing how it plays out. And I'm not at all kidding. Like it is, it's miraculous. Like he carves it out. So even if it's that five o'clock where I wake up and she's up there with me, she falls asleep like on my lap. Or like I said, that appointment gets canceled and it just happened to be that because I had that planned out, I have babysitters, I have this and that. And all of a sudden I've got this, these 30 minutes. Um, I've learned to embrace even like at mass with, um, there can be, absolute craziness around me and um at least three of my kids have special needs and it's just impossible I mean literally silence is like impossible um and the Lord will just whisper to me look at me you know and all of a sudden it's like there's silence that surrounds me in the chaos I I can't hear so I don't know it's I feel again yeah it's a real weakness of mine and yet the Lord is merciful. And in those moments, then I feel like there is the grace to embrace the silence, to embrace the Mary and not just like fill it. I've, um, I've learned to do that. And, um, and that's where I know I have to choose. So he's like, I, I gave it to you. Are you going to take it? So he, he's just so, so good to me. And then I think, um, lastly, I would say just having Jeff as a husband, I think again, back to the complementarity, there is nothing like being on mission um, with a partner, whether it's your spouse or in a mission group, like we are meant to be, we are communal beings. And when we do that well together, I feel like being a Martha, um, can be done well. And, um, they will aid you to have the Mary. And I, that, and that's why I say, I think the diversity, the companionship mission work together is just, it's vital to who we are as Christians, especially in this day and age. Amen. So, so good. Wow. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Jackie, thank you so, so much for joining us. This has been a joy. Yeah, for me too. Adult time. <laughs> hey. Here's to keeping it going even after we stop recording. I know. I'm going to play my, my show in silence. Charles, I'll let you know what I watch and then you could, uh, on your podcast, you could... What is it? Not evaluate it. Um, what do you do to movies when you watch them? 
analyze them. You're gonna do that. Analyze them, Charles. You're gonna analyze them for me. English isn't my first language. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that we're still friends, even though you know that I'm now like pro wrestling and Eli's a chocolate addict. I'm not an addict. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. I was going to say, now that you know that you're type A, I was like, girl, that does not even compare to you liking the wrestling thing. It's so weird. It is so very weird. weird. I'll own that. Well, Where is Sandy? We need a tap. She does not need to be a part of this conversation. Anyway, you can check us out at athewell.podbean.com. Pray for deliverance. <laughs> Pray for me. Pray for us always. Pray for, for Jackie and her family as they continue to show the diversity of ministry in the world uh, and the ways that God um, reaches out to us all in very different different ways. Um, yeah, you can check us out at atthewell.pavin.com for more episodes and inevitable disappointment. We upload new episodes every Monday <laughs> on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Three Guys at the Well. And if you want even more content and would like to help this podcast grow, consider becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash at the well for exciting new bonus content like the Jesus in the Movie series that Charles plugged earlier. And our series is on justice and hope. We'll talk to you next week here at the well.